Welcome to Tea for Lunch. Hi there. Each week, we'll serve you the top stories we're following in social media, entertainment, celebrity, and tech in 15 minutes or less. You can catch a show live on Instagram or TikTok uh, every Thursday at about 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or on all podcast providers and YouTube on Fridays. Today, we are your hosts. I'm Mitzi. I am Mike. Welcome here. We haven't been on the show in a minute. Yeah, it's been a few weeks at least. Yeah, and I don't like it. I had to go back and look at the last one we did together to make sure I wasn't wearing the same hat before I like put my outfit together. Nice. I appreciate that. You don't want to be repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels good to be back on the show. I feel like we have a lot of very meaty stories today, so mm. buckle up. Um, also, last night we saw Air which yes. is so, so good. I don't know if anyone watching has, or listening has read or listened to the audio version of Shoe Dog, yes. um, which is kind of like the autobiography of Phil Knight. But man, I've read, I've read it once and I listened to the audio book once and that is such a good book. And that is what really made me excited for this movie. Yeah. Also, Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon were kind of the, the core talent of this one. And I th- it, was, it was directed by Ben Affleck, right? Yeah, I think it was directed and written by both of them. Okay. Because it's like their first collab since Goodwill Hunting. Exactly. Another reason that I was excited to see this movie uh, because Goodwill Hunting is obviously iconic. And you're so into Rotten Tomatoes ratings, so I knew you'd be excited that it got a hundred percent, which not very many movies Sheesh. get that. Yeah. It's a coveted rating. Yeah. And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I just, it was weird to be in a theater. I haven't been in a movie theater in a long time and I loved, I used to love going to the movies, but haven't really done it very much. But I felt so like, I feel like I'm one of those people who's really connected into like what's going on in pop culture. Mm. Obviously we have this show, but I also follow like a lot of pop culture accounts, but I felt so disconnected from the general population just by the trailers of the movies that were coming out. Like all the movies and like the trailers that I saw looked weird and I was just shocked that people were spending so much money making these movies. Yeah. I'll, I'll never understand horror movies. Yeah. Horror movies like are not my Pope's jam. Like that Exorcist one, I just like, I can't be bothered. But also Transformers. Like right. I understand the appeal and nostalgia when like Transformers 1 came out, but like we're on like Transformers 5 and like it's just, it takes such a, like I'm just like, who's watching these movies and also who's paying for these movies to be made? Yeah, it's true. And I feel like especially on the case of Transformers, when you have the stars of the original movies that um, don't even want to be involved anymore, like Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox and stuff, like why really force the issue? You know, introduce completely new characters and actors and everything. Totally. And on that note, the new like Fast and Furious movies coming out, which I actually love that series and franchise, but it was so weird to see like, yeah, like, None of the original, except for Dom Toretto, of course, but and or Vin Diesel, is that his name? Yeah. None of the rest of the characters were really like part of the trailer. So I was like, what movie is this? Like True. it was just so confusing. I would just I guess the one exception to all of that was the Barbie trailer, which looks really exciting to me. Like I'm really excited to see that movie. And I really liked that was like the one movie that I was like, okay, I could go see this. I get it with Fast and Furious. I feel like no matter how many spin-offs or extra versions they add into the series, I'm gonna watch it because I just have love for that that the set of movies. But and I still think Tokyo Drift was my favorite. Um, but I don't really get the Barbie movie. Really? Like, what's the point? Like, it looked kind of cool. Like, and I like Ryan Gosling, and like the cast is interesting. But what's the point? 
I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's actually, I saw a conspiracy theory on TikTok that it's a remake or redo of The Wizard of Oz. So Barbie is Dorothy, like, and going into the real world and seeing, like, all these, like, fears and horrors and then goes back to, like, or wishes to go back to her other yeah, world. It looks but, funny. Is is this, like, a Mattel-financed production? Is this know. like a brand getting into the entertainment space? I don't know. I don't mind that. But it could be interesting. Speaking of the Barbie movie, did you see the AI generator that was like all over social media? And That's the only part of it I do get. Really? I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. I was so jealous that we didn't do that. Like we do stuff like that for some of our clients and I just was jealous that that wasn't us. And it was cool, but it wasn't like amazing. Yeah, I used it, and they all call it like an AI generator, but I didn't get the AI part because I went to the website to create like my own thing. But all it was like is you upload a photo, and they give you a little frame and like the sparkly like background, and you can pick your colors and then change the copy. But that to me doesn't feel like it's AI. I'm glad you brought that up because I had the exact same thought. I didn't make one myself, but I was just I was seeing all of them and everyone using them and just asking myself, what about this is actually artificial intelligence? Yeah, I feel like you can do that on LinkedIn. It's literally an AR filter and they just changed it to AI just to ride that wave, I think. Totally. Yeah. It was just, I mean, it, it's cool. It's cool to see like how everyone picked it up and I saw some brands like doing it in a cool, fun way, but I was also like jealous, but also like, what is this? This is an AI. What is this? <laughs> Why is this happening? Um, but we have so many meaty stories today. We're going to be talking about Lemon 8, Meta, and... The NFL. Oh, yeah. That's why I forgot about it. I was like, what's <laughs> the other on. story? <laughs> how could you forget? And speaking of, maybe we should get yeah, into the Yeah, so that brings one. us into our first story. Um, how can I not talk about the NFL? Um, I've been making some trades lately in fantasy football. It's the off season, but we don't sleep. We don't stop. There is no off season in fantasy football. Like I, God bless. This is the first year I was like, aren't you done? Like, isn't it over? This is only the beginning, Mitzi. It's They're like, all dynasty leagues now. You're making off season trades. You're doing rookie drafts. I'm what is getting it? into college prospects. April, April, it's April. And April this- is an important month. April 27th is the NFL draft. Okay, but like what are you going to do with like, fantasy-wise with the draft? Draft rookies. Oh, okay. Let's okay. go. Yeah. Anyways, that's not the story. The story is that YouTube has announced pricing for its new Sunday ticket package and access to the season's games will cost anywhere from $249 to $489. Don't forget, you'll also have to pay the $72.99 um, cost for the app's live TV system as well. So the, the cost just keeps running That's up. That's expensive. It is. I don't really understand the appeal compared to an app like DAZN, which is what I use. Um, you can either pay 20 bucks a month or it's 199 for the year, which is literally a fraction of the cost with YouTube. The thing that I'm interested in with the YouTube side of things is that they're testing features that would allow you to watch multiple games at once. Um, they're also looking into like chat features and poll features and other things that are kind of like social optimized that people would likely engage with. And I think this is all kind of a play for YouTube and the NFL to just go after a younger viewership. Um, and the case study that we have to kind of reference is this past year with Amazon, because Amazon actually struck a deal with the NFL for Thursday night football specifically. And Thursday night football is kind of like the black sheep of the the games each week, you know, it's the, everyone's kind of like, this is a weird primetime game. Usually the games aren't as good for some reason. Maybe the NFL selects more of the lower ranked teams because it generally has less viewership, but um, Amazon took it 
And viewership did increase specifically with a younger audience. I think I have some stats here. Uh, let's find them. So one thing that's interesting for Amazon is that during its 22, 2022 um, Thursday Night Football debut, they actually enjoyed their biggest three hours for U.S. Amazon Prime signups ever during the stream. And then wow. also the median age of Thursday Night Football streaming viewers was 47 years old, which sounds on the older side, but it's actually seven years younger than the average median age of viewers on traditional broadcasting like Fox, for example. Well, that checks out. In the 18 to 34-year-old demo, though, there was progress. Amazon said that Thursday Night Football averaged 2.11 million viewers, which was 11% better than traditional um, media programming like Fox and NFL Network. Cool. So progress is, was made for Amazon. It was a good year altogether, which signals good things for YouTube's new deal. Mm -hmm. And they actually outbid Apple for the, the licensing on this one. So um, there's other big, like, big players that are trying to get in on this. And obviously the NFL just wants to reach younger people because that's the future of the brand. Get Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in here to create a movie about all these deals for the NFL. That's Giddy really up. interesting. I... I don't understand why anyone would pay that much money to watch a football game on YouTube when you could watch it for like half as much on DAZN. Yeah. Um, but like, cool. That's a progress for the NFL, progress for getting programming from like traditional cable and networks to the internet. I would love for YouTube to do this for award shows. Like it's so mm. hard to watch an award show if you don't have like cable, which most of us don't. And like, why can't they just like strike a deal with like whoever does all the award shows and just like charge a, a little bit? I mean, obviously not $400, but just like every new award show that comes up, like charge like 10 bucks so you can watch it on like YouTube. Like a pay-per-view USC US Yeah, kind get of those chats open. Like that would be bomb. Yeah. I feel like the chat and like pull feature would pop off way more with something like an awards show than mm -hmm. an NFL game. Like and people watching NFL games, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, they're on Reddit even, where they're really able to troll about what's going on, you know? Yeah. But like also it. the interesting thing about awards shows is I feel like it's a different network for each one. You know, like, yeah. there isn't really like one body that that manages all of them. So totally. maybe that's where the complexity is. Yeah. So just do it like for one-offs. Like if you want to watch the Grammys, like charge me five bucks and let it stream on YouTube. Why not? Why not? Traditional media has to hang on somehow. I guess. Um, okay, next story. We're going to talk about Lemon 8. It's the new mobile app from TikTok's parent company, ByteDance. The app is quickly gaining traction in the U.S. despite the growing security concerns about ByteDance in general. Lemon 8 features a mix of TikTok-like videos and Instagram-like photos and Pinterest-like aesthetics. It's if all those things had a baby, that is Lemon 8. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to actually play around in the app because it's not available in Canada yet. So that sucks, but... Can I just say, I feel like it's a little too soon to make jokes about tech apps having babies because I feel like AI could be doing that any minute. Mm. <laughs> Just kind of scary dystopian possibilities. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, so just like most social apps, there's like a following feed that show posts from accounts that you choose to follow. But unlike TikTok, the app allows users to upload still photos. Um, and a lot of the content so far on the app leans into like health and beauty and fashion space. There's like makeup tutorials, nail art, home decor, that kind of thing. Uh, it's been installed 17 million times globally since la launching in March 2020. Um, and 650,000 of those downloads were in the past week and a half. So it's really 
like picking up right now. It's really popular in Japan, but quickly growing in the U.S. And this is super interesting to me because I know with like all the talk about TikTok being banned, Lemonade is like getting so much popularity on TikTok right now. Lots of creators are talking about it. And there's a conspiracy theory right now that creators are being paid to promote the app like Lemonade on TikTok. Why is that a conspiracy theory? Like, isn't that kind of normal? Totally. Like everyone literally wow. does that. That's like a very standard acquisition strategy is paying people to talk about it. Yeah. But I think the conspiracy theory is that people are saying and talking and singing praises about Lemon A, but they're not disclosing that they're getting paid if they are getting paid by it. Mm. But there was like an insider article showing where creators were actually showing like receipts of getting paid by ByteDance to promote this new app. So that's why it's a conspiracy theory. Got but it. like okay, so they're getting paid. Like, I don't see why that matters. Um, I think it's just an interesting app that's getting a lot of popularity right now considering it's Chinese-owned, owned by the same parent company as TikTok, and TikTok is maybe getting banned. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's so much discourse right now around, like, Chinese-owned apps, and especially in the U.S., and I was reading an article recently that talked about how, like, it's really not just TikTok. TikTok's kind of the scapegoat right now, but there's a whole variety of Chinese-owned apps that are really popular in mm-hmm. America. And uh, the other the other side of that coin that struck me was that um, so many of these apps that are popularized right now in the U.S. that are Chinese-owned, um, American apps can't have the same access to Chinese markets because of censorship in that country. So it's kind of like this like lopsided situation that's happening, and I kind of wonder if that's a lot of where um, some of this like U.S. political pressure is coming from is mm-hmm. less that they actually feel like TikTok is a threat, but more that they aren't allowed the same luxuries of access to that. (laughs) Yeah, if only they could reach that audience and do what China's doing in the U.S. Yeah, but anyways, in the past 30 days, for example, four of the top 10 most downloaded apps in the U.S. across iOS and Google Play are owned by Chinese companies. So some of the examples of that, many of us know already, TikTok and Lemonade, um, but also Shein, which is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Timu, I think I'm saying that correctly. It's like an online retailer similar to Amazon. It's technically based in Boston, but publicly traded on the Beijing Stock Exchange. And then CapCut is a huge one that tons of people use. Love CapCut. Especially TikTok creators, people um, creating reels and stuff Well, like it's that. owned by ByteDance too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So ByteDance has a few going on. So that kind of makes me ask too, like if TikTok was to get banned, would they also ban CapCut? Would they also ban other apps owned yeah. by ByteDance in the, the U.S. market? Concerns. I don't know. I don't think it's going to get banned, but you know what? This is such a tangent, but one thing I appreciate about you is that when you say you've read an article, you've actually read the entire article. I got to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I love that. Thanks cool. for all those stats. No worries. Um, speaking of like U.S. audits and political pressure and all that stuff, uh, AI has been in some hot water. Obviously, it had this huge progression and quick evolution as people joined the rat race. Mm-hmm. Um, I think OpenAI is at the center of all of it with ChatGPT. And now we have seen recently that there was an open letter from big players um, in America, like Elon Musk, for example, that called for a halt in the development of ChatGPT and GP- the language GPT-4 and so on, um, because they are worried that it's not moderated enough and that it could develop too quickly and it could pose a risk to the public. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting space right now. But on that note, with AI being so popular, Meta has revealed that it's looking to release new generative AI ad creation options in the second half of this year. So this is interesting, especially we're seeing other platforms kind of get 
try to get smarter, but also take um, control from the hands of advertisers and make it more about them optimizing ad campaigns for you. Mm -hmm. I think Google's a great example of this with Performance Max, where you can provide multiple types of copy with multiple pieces of creative, and they'll kind of match different combinations of it with different audiences for you. So it's kind of like... It, it's touting this like smart advertising technology, but taking really any sort of involvement off of the brand and the advertiser, which just makes it a little bit more ambiguous and harder to understand. Yeah, I just feel like this is baloney, honestly, because like Meta has always had this like function where you can like interchange their like lines of copy. And then they are also like really being proud of this like AI functioning like photo enhancement tool which basically makes like any creative that you put into it for an ad like brighter and clearer which is like again is that AI like maybe I just don't understand what AI is because that to me doesn't feel like an AI tool well I think it is because it's like artificial it's like automatically like there's a there's a tool that is uh, independent of human involvement that is like changing the look and feel of an asset, right? So right. in that sense, I think it is AI, but um, again, it's taking the control away from the brand or the advertiser and also just giving the platform more control over curating an experience while we pay for it right. as advertisers. But isn't Facebook ads in general like AI because it's like feeding it out to the appropriate people based on like targeting and stuff and then it's constantly like adapting and optimizing as it goes on, which is like outside of our involvement. So like, isn't it all of it AI then? I could... S- I'm not an expert in that. I could see why you might think so, but I would say that is more of an algorithm, which is like pre-programmed to operate a certain way and optimize a certain way where artificial intelligence is always learning and getting smarter right. and adapting based on information it's it's consuming, you know? So totally. I think there is a, a nuance there. But anyways, there's more generative AI stuff coming to Meta for advertising. And they've also recently filed a patent for a video analysis system that would be able to predict the virality of video clips um, to better advise us on our creative elements and what might work and what might not, which is also interesting. And mm-hmm. it just like makes it not feel like virality. Yeah, way, you if know? you're going to put it through a, like an a virality generator and then it goes viral like I also would like question the authenticity of that virality yeah anyways I think most (laughs) of what meta is doing these days just makes me feel weird and uncomfortable yeah we all rely on it and we all buy because of it it just feels like a non like thing like non feature to me but we shall see We'll see. As always, thanks for joining us. Those are our top three stories. And now that we've got your palette, go eat something more substantial. (laughs) See you later.